Hello and welcome to the 91st episode of the Whispers in the Dark podcast. Today I'm joined by Tom. Hello. And Kyle. Hello again. And yeah, so we're going to be talking all about Dark Souls 3, the series. Um, Both of you guys here have done reviews on Dark Souls. Um, Tom has done the review on Rely, and Kyle has done his review for Dark Souls 3 on RPG site. So we're just going to go over the series and the game, and I'm a newbie, so these guys are going to be talking about the ins and outs. I'm going to be talking about how this was a great entry for me to get into the series, because I really sucked at the first game. So I guess uh, let's start with you, Tom. You did the review for Lie, so you want to maybe summarize why you gave the game an 8 out of 10. Um, in the most like briefest of terms, uh, yeah. I liked it a lot, and except, uh, mechanically, I think it's better than Dark Souls 1, but in turn, there's already been you know three games between the first one and this one, so it's kind of feels a little bit old hat at this point. All right, so Kyle, you gave the game what? I forget. I gave it a 9 out of 10, and I justified that with, uh, I feel, feel like mechanically uh, it is the most refined. I find that the blade art system and things like the ember system, which are taken from Demon Souls, while the ember system was essentially, and were much more logically thought out as a sequel. You know, technically it's the fifth game um, in this franchise, so things like that are, are given, and uh, I didn't have, I didn't find there was a glaring flaw. I didn't think that there was a terrible area. Like Dark Souls One is my favorite by far out of all of these games, but you know, there's no, there's no terrible area like Lost Isolith or the Valley of Defilement from Demon Souls. Um, a good build variety, but. It is a little, it's too safe. Um, it spends too much time trying to remind you of what was great about Dark Souls 1, but it's not really necessary considering Dark Souls 1 already exists and we can go play that game. It's basically the same thing that happened with Twilight Princess, where it was concerned with, like, hey, remember how awesome Ocarina of Time was? And then <laughs> forgot less about being a great game in and of itself. Um, I do really love it, but yeah, it, it could have been a lot more. I think that maybe part of it was this is probably the last we're going to see of this franchise for a very long time. Miyazaki said um, that, like, first of all, the three-game contract with Napco Bandai is up, so they don't have to make another one right now. And Miyazaki said that they want to... He actually said specifically he wants to go make mecha games. So, um Yeah. Now, now, how much am I missing out on the nods in uh, Dark Souls 3 toward 1 and 2? Because, like I said before, this is I've played Dark Souls 1 for about 11 hours. I've made no progress whatsoever. I am terrible, terrible at it. How much am I missing, like, referential stuff? Um, I don't think it's the end of the world, but there are some definitely some locations and some items and stuff like that that you'll, if you appreciate the series, that you'll be nostalgic for. So, yeah, exactly. It's it's nostalgic, not just for the first game, but like Firelink Shrine in this game is the same as the Nexus in Demon Souls. Um, there's references all throughout the game to the whole series. It's like I oh, said, so even Demon Souls. Oh yeah. There, oh wow. There's a there's a really famous area in Demon Souls called the Tar- Tower of Lateria, or Tower of Latria, and there's a a dungeon later in Dark Souls Three that's just, it's just the Tower of Latria again. Oh, that's really awesome. Uh, um, it's uh. It's all very well crafted, but it's like a greatest hits album. I said that in my review. It's like when you, it's like the the problem with the greatest hits album of a band you really like is like if you really like the band, you're gonna own all their albums already. So it's kind of 
not as special to you. Maybe like someone that's just like at the Walmart and picks up the greatest hits album of like, I don't know, Bob Marley might like that. But <laughs> if you really like Bob Marley and you own all those albums, you're not, it's not going to do you much good. Now, obviously this is a game and it does have its own things and whatnot, but I do, I do think you really should just play the first one. Cause it's yeah, the best one. Like, do you think it will be okay for me to like mechanically, since I'm so I'm accustomed to three now, like I feel like I have the muscle memory down. Is it going to be a good, would it translate well to playing one again or trying to play one again? It's a little bit slower, but right. um, in terms of like you can easily like tank through the game just by equipping all the heavy stuff in the shield in this one in the first one. See, I tried doing yeah. that, but I couldn't stand the um, first. There's like a this latency between when you actually want to roll and when you roll. At least for the night build when I well night build I made, and then there's just it's generally slower, like you said, and it just feels so sluggish to me. What you need to do. Uh... First of all, just get good at dodging. Um, there's not uh, there, either you can get good at dodging, or you can early on in the, fairly early on in the game. There's a set called Havels, which is kind of infamous because it's like the noob. It's like the easy mode armor. It's just like makes it so you can tank crazy amounts of damage, um, and you can get that, and it'll make the game a lot easier. Mm. But I would just—it's not really that there's latency when you dodge. What it is, it's the uh, the input buffering. Input buffering, because it, it makes a lot of people get turned off by this series, and I feel like they can't quite put their finger on what it is. But basically, in Dark Souls, if you if you hit the roll button quick twice, your character will... Like, you can't correct it, so if you accidentally hit the roll button twice, your character will roll twice. Yep, um, yeah, that happened to me, yeah. Yeah, that's input buffering. So, that would... You just have to be really careful with your movements, and... Um, honestly, yeah, like... I, w- I would definitely say go back and play the first one, because, like, the last boss in Dark Souls 3 is just, like, a whole nod to the first game. So both of you guys said, to some effect in your reviews, that this is the most polished Dark Souls and the most balanced. Would you say that it's easier? Because a lot of people say this is a great entry to the series, but is it because the difficulty has been changed? Is it more accommodating to quote-unquote noobs like me? I honestly can't tell. It might be easier. The problem with people that have played all the games in the series, it might be easier for us because we've been through it all, so we've kind right. of seen all the tricks that it has in store for us. So, you know, four games later, I'm more used to everything this game has to offer, so there wasn't anything really big that surprised me, except for the obvious, like, um, the the gooey monsters that tra- transform if you don't kill them fast enough. Oh, the first one, the first time that happened, I, I since I didn't really have the experience with the Dark Souls games, I never had that those scream-out-loud moments, just how ridiculous something was so when i got to the first boss in this game i just laughed so hard when the uh night just exploded into this big booger and just try to eat me and also the skeleton not a skeleton the little frail zombie dude the first one that transforms was just ridiculous that's what i love about this one it's just i mean you guys know this because you play the other ones but there's always these massive surprise moments and i think the games rely on that a lot i'm not sure could you confirm that i have no idea it's just well, Thomas is absolutely right. I think I really don't think this game is actually easier. Okay. I think it's, I think it's just that we're all so used to it. Like a good example is, um, there was a point when I was playing this game where I saw like an item like conveniently placed out in the open. I'm like, I know if I pick this up, <laughs> something's gonna get me. Like so, I like I went and grabbed it and I quickly rolled out of the way and surely enough, something fell down and like tried to hit me. Like I knew that was coming. Um, and especially if you go back and if you play all these games and you try and play like Demon Souls or Dark Souls 1, because a lot of people are like, oh, those two are the hardest ones. 
Um, they're really not. Uh, the, the peaks and spikes and difficulties are all over the place. If I were to say what the objectively like toughest thing in this hardest this whole franchise is, it's the old hunters expansion for Bloodborne. Uh, There's really hard bosses all throughout that. Um, but like for example, like Dark, Dark Souls Two was easier than this game because it had like really? so many healing gems and so many just an overabundance of bonfires. Um, so I would definitely say that this game is harder than that one. Uh, the, the the DLC for that is pretty tough, but yeah, it, it's really just the, the real answer to what the hardest game is in this franchise is whatever one you play first. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, yeah. uh, struggling. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead first. No, I was just saying, cause I was struggling so much with the first one. I thought that I would never be able to click with this series. I desperately want to like it just cause the visuals, the aesthetics, everything was so awesome about it. It's just, I couldn't get into the combat and, um, when I was able to get a copy of this one, I was like, "All right, let's." I really hope I can do this. Otherwise, this would have wasted effort of getting this code, and I'd feel really bad about that. But no, I fell in love with this game, and I would be talking about it now. I didn't think I'd be talking about a Dark Souls game with uh, people. But anyway, I, I would agree with Kyle that um, Bloodborne's bosses were probably the most difficult for me, and also because, um, well, two things. First thing is my fault because I started playing the DLC on a new game plus, so I wasn't already leveled up to Ooh. face everything. I did eventually, but it took like an hour and a half per boss. And also, the bosses in Bloodborne have a lot more health that you have to deal with, so some of the attempts took like nine to ten minutes, or well, more than that. Um, I think beating it took me like fifteen minutes on um, uh, the church one. I forgot what its name was, but um, like the, um, the orphan boss that that oh, one took me yeah. a long time. Tom's is absolutely right that uh, yeah, playing Bloodborne on New Game Plus is brutal. But playing it's but the the DLC I played it on New Game Plus four, and the Orphan of Koss is a fucking nightmare. That is the hardest boss they've ever made, like by a landslide. In my and, opinion, and the problem is he's so annoying to listen to too. But you have to in order to listen to his tells on what he's gonna do. Yeah, he goes like <laughs> fucking annoying. Speaking of that, oh man, the. Uh... Like the chimp crows in Dark Souls Three, that shriek, that hurt. Does that hurt anyone else? I can't actually hear it too. It just hurts my ears. You know what I'm referring to? I don't really know the names because these have such extravagant, strange. Which, they're like the which... chimps that like are crouched out over, and then all of a sudden you get near them and they grow wings. Oh, those things. Yeah. Those screechy shits. Ugh. That's nothing compared to the orphan <laughs> Yeah. Was that, was that, um, am I wrong to, I think I've heard someone say that uh, Bloodborne was the fastest paced one. Yes, definitely. Um, the whole system relies around you, if you get hit, you want to hit your enemies fast enough so you recover all that health, and rolling had a, you can roll, like, much many more times than you can in Dark Souls. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, the whole point of that game is movement and dodging in and dodging out. Um, you can't tank damage at all in that game. Armor is basically just aesthetic. Like there are stats, but they're they're really not going to help you much at all. And you don't have uh, a conventional shield either. You have to rely on um, countering every attack with your gun. Yeah, actually, that's something. That's an interesting point. Um, they actually fixed something in Dark Souls Three. Um, parrying uh, in like Dark Souls 1 especially was way too easy so like if a, a Black Knight was coming at you you could just parry him like no no tomorrow it just became so easy this this game is, I think is way harder to parry they made the window for parrying much smaller oh, yeah, you want 
during um during my entire playthrough of Dark Souls three. I think I only parried like twice. Really, yeah. it, it, it's and I used to be really good at parrying in the, but it was way easier in the other games. It's, <laughs> even in Bloodborne, because Bloodborne you have to get good at the repost. Um, but I think they fixed that because because something like it became famous in Dark. It was just a problem with the system in Dark Souls One, where you could go farm black knights or something, and you could just easily parry them. Like it just was ludicrous and i think they just they fixed that entirely uh-huh. and they also a lot of the enemies in this game punish dex builds dex builds are ones that just they use lots of rolls uh-huh. and lots of dodging oh, that's fine. Like a, a, a good example is the the last boss he uh he has a a lot of them they actually have moves that punish it specifically so like he'll do a two swing combo and then if you don't dodge he'll he won't follow up with it but if you do dodge he'll do a third hit in there and then a fourth hit it's a uh, it's actually a really elegant system that they've made um, with this one, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Abyss Watcher was sort of like that, because he had the, well, the final form of the Abyss Watcher had the uh, sweeps that would account for your rolls at least, I think, three times. He had the successive attacks. I think my trick for being him is just I learned to roll it, it towards into him, basically. And oh. it, was, it was the same thing with um, Lady Maria and Bloodborne. He had to just roll into the direction where the sword was going to not, I guess, hit you or swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, fantastic. Fight. I love the music. I mean, since this is like like my first one that I've actually been going through, the music is something I'm noticing is just incredible. I don't know if the uh, which guy, which one you guys think has the best music in the series. They all sort of blend together for me at this point because um, it's good, but I've you start just getting used to the same motifs in the music, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think my favorite one is Dark Souls One, just because there's so many tracks like. Uh, Seif uh, and Gwyn and uh, of course Orenstein and Smo. Um, there's just so many memorable, varied tracks. Two, I don't remember a single piece piece of music except for the Majula theme, which is like your central hub. Yeah, I mean, uh, for that one. <laughs> and then I think the best one is Bloodborne, but I think it's kind of not fair because they had like a fucking entire orchestra and choir that Sony paid for for that one. So, uh, I'm not sure if you guys still want to keep talking on combat, but I was curious about the lore of the series as, as a Dark Souls noob. I was wondering, like, how are these connected? What really matters? What do you have to know about these games to really enjoy the storyline, I guess? Well, I'll start, um, if that works for Thomas. Yeah, go ahead. Well, basically, in the, in the first game, uh, uh, there were these uh, gods, uh, Gwyn, the Witch of Izalith, Nito... Uh, and Seif, or Seath, not Seath. Um, and there were everlasting dragons, and these gods found what's called the first flame, which people have always theorized what it is. A lot of people think it's soul. It's what gives people humanity, or gives what humans humanity. Also, there's the furtive pygmy, also Manus, or who became Manus in the uh, DLC, but I'm rambling now. Anyways, basically what happened is uh, Gwyn, who's the king in, or the, the leader of these gods in Dark Souls 1, uh, he what, he found the first flame, and he, first flame and he linked the fire. And linking the fire like brings upon prosperity and the, the, they killed the everlasting dragons which ruled over the world at that point and uh, everything was fine and dandy. But... Um, as with any fire, it started fizzling out, and Gwyn didn't let go of his power. And your objective in the first game is to 
kill uh, those lords that I mentioned and um, either link the fire or bring upon the Age of Dark. Now, because Dark Souls 2 and 3 exist, um, people debate this all the time, but it basically means that the Link the Fire ending is the canon one. And this game links to that game in that... Well, I guess you haven't played the first one, so you don't really care, but... I don't. Uh, Spoiler cast all the way. <laughs> well, in this game, you are killing several lords again, but these lords are all beings that linked the fire. So Aldrich, who is oh. actually who is actually Gwendolyn from uh-huh. the first game, uh, who is G- one of Gwyn's uh, or is Gwyn's uh, offspring, and there's a uh, what's a fucking giant Yorm. Who is a? I think is a giant from the second game. I don't like not specifically one of those giants. He's just that same species, and, uh, and then of course the Abyss Watchers, and what was the other one? I'm forgetting the last one. But anyways, you're ba- in this game. See, a lot of people are debating this right now because like the opening cutscene says, uh, Lothric is a transitory land where the the, the Lords of Cinder converge. So basically. My interpretation is, is this is like an ethereal place where all of the the beings that linked the fire, like their lands, like link, like they're physically close mm-hmm. together. So, like Anorlando, you go to Anorlando from the first game in this game um, because Gwendolyn linked the fire, and the geography is completely different. Um, uh, the, I, the landscape. Go ahead. If I can interrupt for a second, um, I confused Lothric. I mean, um, the guy you mentioned or the prince you mentioned earlier with uh, Ludleth. The one, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Just wanted to clarify because I know that that might annoy some people. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that was my take. Is I think it's because uh, like the, the opening cutscene says like something's linking or linking something's threatening the fire link, and that's why these these lords of Cinder w- wake up, and they never really say what is threatening the fire. I'm assuming maybe it might be your character. But, like, in the end, you get the choice. You can actually bring a bar about Age of Dark, and you can link the fire. And there's also an, an, another ending that I haven't seen yet, but it, you can bring about, like, Eternal Dark. So there were, the fire the, will uh, never... Dark the fire will, yeah, you have to do some special stuff to get that one. Um, and, like, basically the whole message of Dark Souls 1, with all, all my ridiculous random... Uh, uh, rambling about lore is like I don't think Dark Souls has a particularly deep story. Uh, it's it has really good characters, but its met its themes are so universal that it becomes interesting. The message of the first game is essentially that nothing lasts forever and every fire fizzles out eventually. So that's what they're kind of continuing with this game, and I, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to say because like the very. I kind of wish Dark Souls was like Final Fantasy, where each game had its completely own separate universe, because uh-huh. I feel like there even being sequels to the first game kind of tramples on that message. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like, nothing lasts forever, uh, except for when our investors say make another game. <laughs> uh, uh, but that's that's my take. Uh, there were a lot of ties to the first game. Um, like, there's Katarina Knights, and I've, as I said, you go to Anorlando, and Aldrich is Gwendolyn. Um, yeah, that was... I'm rambling a lot. So no, no, you, 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 you said last one um, 100% confirmed because I never heard that part of it. Yeah, Aldrich is Gwendolyn. Like, like the, the like they you go to one of the item descriptions says that like all 
uh, Aldrich was like the, the, uh, the offspring of a great Lord. They never say directly Gwyn and he began eating men. Like he just became a cannibal. And that's why he looks all like disgusting and blob like, but I mean, he looks exactly like Gwendolyn, like the top half of him. And like the theme that plays, um, there's like that choir music. That's like, <laughs> like that's from the first game. <laughs> uh, and, uh, that's when you fight Gwendolyn in the first game, it plays that music. Oh. So yeah, that, that was Aldrich is Gwendolyn. Um, I think that because, because it takes place so many years after, uh, Dark Souls one that maybe he's not known by that anymore. Uh, but it's hard to say. It could also be that, like, it. I don't know. But it, it, yeah, Aldrich is Gwendolyn. Interesting. All right. So is the is the uh, hollowing system anything more like? Is it really relevant to the story? Is it just something they use to as a game mechanic specifically? Because I know it's in the third game. Although I stumbled upon it when I saved the really polite leech dude. He was very polite. So I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna save you. Bring you back to Firelink." And then he took away my eyes and hollowed me. Well, it's, um, I think it's the game's version of a hard mode. Uh, so, because, um, beforehand, you know, you, what I like about, um, Dark Souls 3 and to extend Bloodborne is you don't really have a pen- penalty for dying to a boss, so you can just whack it over and over. Um, except for, um, why I say the caveat there with Bloodborne is, um, you could run out of blood vials very easily unless you grind for them, which is one of the, I think, the only weaknesses that game has that stands out to me. Um, and in this one, if you wanted to go through the whole hollowing system and just start getting, you know, your um, HP reduced, then it's there for you. Oh, I, I think it actually has status ailments. Yeah, if you, uh, I think it does. Is is that right, Kyle? Or do you lose HP? Yeah. yeah okay. Really? Oh wow, I was playing. I, I made, hard mode I made sure not to use that system because I when I read um when I read that when I first saw that it's level of map and I said there's probably a effect here that'll probably be a you know a monkey paw thing where it's there's a um, a negative to lo- getting free level ups, and sure enough, there was. Oh yeah, I I was like, oh, that's really nice of you, polite leech man. And then I just turned around and saw my eyes just sunken. And I think you can keep going on different phases of it, right? You just become more hollowed and hollowed the more you use his uh his perk, I guess. Mm. So what is what is the so okay? So the the lords in the first game were like, okay, we need you, hollowed one, to do this thing for us. Link them or don't link them. And the third one, no, 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 the the. The lords in the first game, uh, you're basically like usurping them, like you're kicking yeah, yeah. them out because oh, okay. they're because they're they're being dicks and aren't like, the, the Gwyn specifically is being a dick and like every, the world is dying and he doesn't want to give up power. Um, so, anyways, go ahead. Who's the person that's initiating or, or the being that's initiating you on your journey? That's telling you you need to do this. You are in something called the Undead Asylum, and you get freed by a, like a, a another human named Oscar, hmm. and you you are called the Chosen Undead. And uh, later in the game, uh, the serpent called Frampt uh, says, uh, "After a thousand years, you appeared, and you're going to usurp Gwyn and blah blah blah." And uh, so Frampt is usually, Frampt and Oscar are the ones that basically send you on your quest. And yeah, Dark Souls Three, they don't unless I totally missed it. Maybe Thomas knows, but like I didn't really understand like where your character came from in this one. I think you were just part of some kind of prophecy in this one. Oh, okay, that was that was interesting. So I noticed you guys didn't mention two at all. Is it like not relevant to these lords or? The actual—it's kind of its, its own self-contained thing. You don't really, in terms of plot, it doesn't 
you don't really need it in order to you know enjoy three as much. Okay. Yeah. Is there? I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Is there like a, a similar system to Embering and Hollowing in there that you are this character that has been brought back from some from death? Well, in this game, I mean, in Demon Souls, you had something called like I'm going to talk specific, specifically about mechanics here quickly. Mm-hmm. In Demon Souls, you had a system when you died, it, you became a spirit form, and I liked it the most because it gave, it took away a quarter of your health, and you didn't get it back until you killed a boss. Um, then you, pardon me, you would lose it again if you if you died again. Um, and then undead form, and the difference between spirit form and normal form is in normal form you can summon for co-op and do PvP, and you're basically just opting into the online features if you're in human form, and if you're in uh, spirit form, despite the fact you have your health taken away, you can't get invaded. So uh, there's pluses and minuses to it, and they kind of took away that in Dark Souls One, where uh, being an undead form like didn't have a penalty. Some people don't like the health penalties, but I do. And but being an undead form basically just meant no online features, so you can't invade, you can't get invaded, and you can't do co-op. And then Bloodborne didn't have a penalty for death at all. Um, and then this game took the brought basically brought back the spirit form, and Embers replaced humanities from the other two Dark mm-hmm. Souls games. Um, Dark Souls Two, I should mention, took away little bits of slivers of your health when you died. Oh. Um, but this game, I like that. I like how they've balanced it because I like okay, okay. You don't want to get invaded. Uh, that's fine. But you also can't do co-op, and we're going to take away your health. And if you want to restore your embers, you can do that other stuff. I I prefer that just because there's an incentive to both. Uh-huh. Um, I, I had a, a way in advanced review copy. Um, and like I so anytime I went into human form, like I only got invaded once and. I mean, I hate to like, cause we're reviewers too, but like, I was like, Oh gosh, this person's so bad. Like uh, I was like, had like five mobs chasing me. And I'm like, this is like some like intern at like GameSpot trying to get me right now. <laughs> <laughs> he can kill me. And I like dogged him. Um, but uh, yeah, I like that system a lot more. I do. I do like how easy they made it so that you can actually co-op now with friends, just matchmaking password, your setup, no more like hassle. I tried been playing uh, the first one with some friends and I have to go through, uh, like it used to be Tungle, and now we're using Evolve, and it's just a whole process just to play with friends. And I know that's kind of gaming the system because it's not meant to be so easy in the first one. But they actually made it. Yeah, the, the, they added this kind of easier system in the second one, where you can set up um, um, preferences so you can get matched up with the people you want to be matched up with. Oh, okay, because that's yeah. I just this one feels like it's set up just so you can play with friends if you really want to. And I, I've been doing that a lot, although I feel like I should maybe. Solo a little bit. How do you guys usually play? A lot of co-op or solo? Uh, I, I personally solo because I one I don't like dealing with people too much, and two it's just that whole um I guess that whole honor um, mm-hmm. got to get good at game system where I, I feel like I can do everything myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah, I my first playthrough I don't summon for any co-op at all, Uh-oh. just because I I don't want any because especially in this game you can have three co-op buddies. So like when I was doing. Because when I was farming for embers at one point at Pontiff Sullivan, like people would farm. This is a really difficult boss, and um, people would summon like three other phantoms, and so like we were just like basically stunlocking the boss. Just like imagine four people just all like swinging their swords. I'm like, this is like comically easy now. <laughs> you basically ruined the boss fight. Same thing um, happens with the I've noticed with the dragon slayer armor. It's just you can kill him so fast he doesn't even activate the problems of the second form. 
I like the armor yeah. of the thorns. Uh, have you seen those videos where the guys just like roll into um, invaders? I yeah, I've seen. Um, yeah, oh, um, it's the armor set where um, if you roll into an enemy, it does damage to them and it makes them for some funny stuff. Yeah, people have um, gone online like in groups and just swarmed other players by just rolling into them in circles. It's really cool. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, it, it uh, all of the like mechanic stuff I think is the best, and I do like playing Dark Souls co-op is really fun. Um, but I, I like I said, I save it for a second playthrough just because I think it does it can take away um, uh, from you know the satisfaction of being a really difficult boss. Um, I'm curious to hear from Thomas. Like, wh- what were some bosses that that uh, or did you struggle with any particular boss at all? Or what I did struggled you think were with, the most fun. I struggled with two bosses. That was um, Pontiff and um, Nameless King, or <laughs> was it Prince me. Prince or King? I forgot. No, no, you're Nameless King. You're right. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that those bosses. Uh, Pontiff uh, was uh, really. I really enjoyed the. Because this game they kind of took from Bloodborne, where the bosses more have phases. Uh, Dark Souls One and Demon Souls didn't really have that, and I don't think the Dark Souls Two didn't really either. But like the bosses have phases when you like to half health, and then with Pontiff, it's like you know he summons that like phantom version of himself, and that, like oh, that was that was intense. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of mixed on um, the phases because on one hand it does make the fights more exciting for a second half, but on so you know you're always seeing something new, but um, on the second part, it's so predictable. Like every boss has multiple phases now, and it's just like, okay, I have to wait. I can get in a few hits here when he's transforming, and then just start round two. Yeah, uh, Nameless King was a really, really fun fight. I really enjoyed that one too. It was the first phase is kind of annoying where he's on the wyvern because uh, it's it's so easy. Yeah, and then, and um, I had he... problems at first because I kept getting hit by the fire, but I didn't. Uh, it took me a little while to realize I had to listen for the screaming, and then it was easy to run away from. Yeah, that that's like the only move that's like a threat, and then the rest you can kind of just like stand below his neck and not get hit. But uh, uh, interesting bit of lore: a lot of people are mad about this boss because the Nameless King is uh, uh, Gwyn's like uh, unknown son or oh. unknown child from the first game, and everyone thought it was Solaire <laughs> in the original game. They always wanted to be Solaire, but nope, it's not Solaire. It's this Nameless King. That's just it's the same thing you see with like Five Nights at Freddy's. You see just every new entry in a series just messes with people's head cannons for what they thought was part of the original plot. Yeah, exactly. Now, I haven't finished the game, but I would say so far my favorite bosses have been the Abyss Watcher, just because they look awesome, the fight was really intense, and the music was fantastic. And I'm gonna, I guess I'll say um, Vork was fun, but kind of easy. Uh, so I guess I'm I like the first boss, just in aesthetics and how it played out and how surprising it was for me. I mean, I haven't seen the others. Uh, the tree, uh, Curse Rotted Greatwood, I believe. That, was, that one's really cool. That was really, yeah, that was awesome to look at. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the next bosses. I haven't gotten to them yet. I, even know how cool. I have no idea how far I have to go to finish the game. I, re- I really I really like the bosses in this game, especially compared to 2, because in 2 you had a lot of just humanoid guys that you just had to learn their patterns and then get behind them and try to backstab or um, parry. In 3, you have a lot of more gimmicky bosses, but they're a lot more exciting and memorable. Yeah, exactly. There was a good variety, because I think my favorite boss was actually the Dancer of the Boreal Valley. Um, That one was just visually amazing, and it was really fun. I loved that boss fight. I have to check that one. I, I mean, you you said uh, before we started recording, I'm almost up to one of your favorite bosses, right? Which one was that? 
Oh, you're about to fight Pontiff Sullivan. <laughs> oh god. So is that going to be okay solo or, or what? Uh, you, both of you guys seem like you know what you're doing. You can, solo. You can summon. Um, I think if you were following their quest, you can summon one guy without following his quest line because he's just a regular phantom, and you can summon another NPC if you were following their quest line. Oh, there's so many players leaving summon signs there though too. So if you have yeah, to, that's you true. can summon someone. Yeah, I I don't think I would have been able to do a uh, biz watcher on my I would, own. I would I would try to fight him yeah. first. Um. It's a really great fight because, like, you just see like this, like, like, kind of cloaked figure from a distance, and you're inside a big church, and like this choir music's playing, this like soft choir music. You're like, oh, what's that? And then like you get closer, and both his blades light up, like one's fire and one's like this like, like lightning enchant, and then it looks really cool. Uh, Thomas, I want to ask you about one of the points you put out in this document that we're looking at. You said everything feels spelt out and gamified, and I'm not sure if specifically oh, um, mean my problem. Okay, is. so like, um. A lot of um, criticism with uh, with demons and um, Dark mm-hmm. One is things aren't really spelled out for you. You have to figure, kind of figure out stuff on yeah. your own, and yep. it it kind of has like um, a Zelda Two or a Castlevania Two like quality of um, some people leave misleading comments or some people or you just couldn't really figure stuff out without like really paying attention to hints or looking guides and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And two, two is two and um three. They really like message to you like hey this is how this item works this is how this quest goes you don't want to leave this area unless you want to finish this thing up so like the first thing i noticed with that was um when you're talking to andre the blacksmith and you just mm-hmm. talk to him casually he goes on this like 30 second long rant on how like enchant enchanting weapons works and it it like felt like out of place with dark as he was saying okay if you use this thing this is really good against undead but if you use this thing this will add some fire to your weapons like that and it, it just felt Weird for Dark Souls because usually everyone has like five seconds of talking and then they do some kind of weird crazy laugh and this is just it was it's a it's nitpicking but it just felt yeah. really weird. I feel like that's why it was a good entry for me just because the played the first game and I was overwhelmed like what does this do? What does this do? What does this stat? Oh, I gotta like fight. I hated the UI system. I hated the menus. I had no idea what was going on. I hated the fact that I couldn't compare items. Like it was very obscure. Everything I just felt very confused and I know it's just Come me on. needing to get good, but. I was I appreciated this game going. That does that. It's still a little a little obscure for me, a little obtuse, but enough not enough that I was overwhelmed and you, confused. You won't, you won't have trouble with the first game if you beat this one, really, in that regard. Yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping back in and seeing if I could beat that one. I think now this one was the one that got me into the series, so maybe I won't suck anymore. They also made some like quality of life features that made the game like easier to understand. Like you had to, you used to have to um, manually think about the equip load before mm. you had to think about the percentage in your head. And this one, it's just spelt out for you. Hey, you have 60% equip load. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you also said you're hungering for more Thomas. What do you mean? Well, the, the problem is now that I finished it, I really want that DLC to come out. And, I really <laughs> play it. and I've actually been like, um, I, kind of went on this thing where um, I started playing the Neo demo and getting into that, and then I actually bought Salt and Sanctuary last night. I, just, <laughs> I really li- I really like this uh, feedback loop that this kind of game provides, and I'm probably going to go back and... Um, I only got, like, halfway through Demons the first time I played it, but and that was before I really got into the series, so I really need to go back and play that game at some point. So is the game not really all from... Oh, sorry, what were you saying? I was going to say, you'll love Demons. Yeah, I probably would. The problem is I've been kind of spoiled on everything since it's been six years or whatever now. I totally agree with what uh, 
uh, you said, Thomas, that it does kind of make me feeling like there should be more. Um, because, like, I feel like there were things in the story that weren't, like, like they're alluding to, and you can tell it's DLC, which kind of annoys me. Like, what was all the black goo thing? Act Like, what was that actually? That's like, not explained? Uh, not in the base game. Oh, uh, huh. Um, especially with Aldrich, like, that's, a, like, a very deliberate thing. Um, you can tell it's a DLC thing. And same with, like, there's, like, this, this aesthetic to the game where with, like, tree roots everywhere. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. Contorted I bodies tell... and trees. They kind of resemble the effigies from Dark Souls 2, in my opinion. But that's... that could be... It could just be a theory. I think... No, I think you're right. A um... game theory. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My... <laughs> I think... Uh... Yeah, because that, that DLC is a long ways off, too. They said late this year and early next year, so oh, like, wow. oh my goodness. So does the game offer much in terms of New Game Plus that you, it would tide you over until then? Different character builds or just... Oh, yeah, there's a lot of variety to builds in this one. That's something okay. that a lot of people didn't like about Bloodborne. Uh, Bloodborne's variety becomes in its weapons, um, mm. not really its builds. So what Pardon are you, you guys' builds? What do you prefer? I always play Knight first, playthrough. I always do a quality build, so it's mostly strength and then some dexterity, so I can bow stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm doing. That kind of with just I, I don't really know. Tell I'm not a great RPG term guy, but I chose the assassin, and by accident, that was probably the best choice for me, just because you get a spell from the start that silences your walking. So I've just the whole intro of the game, I've just started just stabbing right in the back, and it felt great because I got a like a a surprise shot on them, and then I was kind of speedy. I'm a speedy character, so I can roll a lot and just slash. It's, it was fun. It was a good build for me. That's actually a good idea. I never thought about using that ability or it's, chameleon or anything like that. I haven't tried chameleon yet, although I think I have a I have a ring that would turn me invisible if I roll, but not that that's super useful except in invasions. But yeah, it, it was a great it was a great starting point. I guess maybe that might have been one of the easier characters to choose because you could just sneak around for a bit. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask Thomas something, because um, I think you've completed just as much of the game as me. Did you find, because some people are saying they think that this game stuff isn't as hidden, like the areas aren't as obtuse, like the hidden, hidden areas, like Arch Dragon Peak, like that, like, I, I would never find that in the base game, if I didn't know, um, if I didn't look it up online. Do you agree with that this game isn't quite as obtuse when it comes to stuff like that? Yeah, definitely, um, like that one was, you could probably suss it out, but like compared to like, trying to get to DLC in the first game that like it's like nine day like the difference between like just stuff that was kind of out of reach mm-hmm. I agree I think I mean the the problem with the sequel in the games industry is usually you have to accommodate the fact that um, new people can jump into it as well um, and some people don't like that but I understand why they have to do it but I feel like they, they struck a happy enough balance because, like, CJ got into the series now, and he'll probably go back and play the first game. He really should. Yeah, I um, definitely will. Like, um, like I said, the last boss is, like, a, a, an entire... The last boss is the Chosen Undead and Gwyn. It's your player character and the last boss from, from the <gasps> first game. Oh, that's cool. That's really just, like, fan service. I love that. I was wondering, yeah, I was going to ask, but, like, what happened to the character from the first one? And what happened to... Yeah, yeah the... Uh, because like the so the final boss is the chosen undead and Gwyn, and basically the idea uh, it's called Soul of Cinder in the English version, but I don't remember in the Japanese version. Like the direct translation is like amalgamation of Cinder or something like that. Basically, it's anyone that's ever linked to the fire, any being that's ever linked to the fire, 
So, like, the first stage of the boss is basically just, like, it's like a player character. Not exactly. But, like, it transfers between different builds. So it's like, here's a spear build, and here's a sword build, and here's a magic build. And I think the idea is it's actually, like, Miyazaki saying, like, this is, like, all of the different players and how they liked to play the game. That's nice. It it was a really good idea. I really loved the last boss, even though I do think it ties into that whole nostalgia thing, because the second half is just Gwyn again. Also, did you find it was kind of easy? <laughs> because I only I beat on my second try. Actually, that one I, I the first the first stage I had some trouble with. It wasn't super hard, but um, I, I struggled with that one a little. I really enjoyed it though, because like in the first game, as much as I love the Gwyn fight, uh, he's like comically easy because you can parry him. All right, so uh, Kyle, you also put in your little list here. Uh, side quest too opaque this time around. I honestly didn't even know the first one had side quests. I didn't know this one was going to have side quests. Like I said, uh, noob to the series, haven't finished this one either, so just, what, it, what um, are the side quests like this time around? Then, I it's, guess? Uh, in all games, it's side quests aren't like things like on a checkboard list, hey, this is a yeah. guy you talk to and then you finish this and they have an arrow over your head. It's more like, these are character arcs that you can follow through with and you can um, see through to the end if you do certain things or you go in the game a certain way with them or if you summon them for certain boss fights. So are they usually tied to endings like um, the Dark Sigil thing? Um, and this one, yes, there's one there is an ending tied to one quest line that you can choose to follow. Okay, so... Like, the, my, like one side quest I really like is... Um, oh, what's that girl's name? You find that like... Uh, the knight. The the failed uh, the failed firekeeper. Oh, the, yeah. She's all in white. Yeah, um, yeah I haven't yeah. finished that one, but that one that one I really like. Like you get her out of that prison and everything. Like they are they are very very opaque. Because like I was talking to our friend Zach from Destructoid, and he did a couple. I'm like, hey, no idea this was even in the game. <laughs> I did hear of one of the lady knight. Um, apparently, you can go to her wedding or something, and she just ends up getting killed at the wedding, and you can steal her armor. It's really dark and just mean. I haven't done that one. I think you're supposed to be able to marry her, and then that triggers the secret secret ending. Oh, okay. Huh. That's interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think we hit on all the major points here we listed, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to bring up specifically. I guess um, the problem with me playing, trying to beat the game two weeks was then I started playing other games and the controls didn't work working for me because I was so getting just stuck in mindset of Souls controls. Like um, I tried to play some Division after this, so I kept trying to push, um, you know, um, circle or roll and stuff like that, and then the short buttons to do my attacks stuff like that just didn't work out. Oh yeah, the game just sets itself in your muscle memory. I've noticed that. Totally. I played um, some games at PAX East and I started playing Shadow Warrior, and I was just like. Huh, you're tough. Let me start doing Dark Souls things. And I just, it worked out well because the game is kind of difficult, but it does get ingrained in there. It's... You have to the, see the thing I like, one of the things I like the most about Dark Souls is it it really respects your time. Like some people, yeah. a lot of people think it doesn't when, because you know, you die lots, but like, like there's no like tons of cutscenes or tons of taking contr- player control away. Like something I, I really fucking hate in games these days. I absolutely hate it is when they take away control for me. Like if you're playing Uncharted and like, oh, here's a sequence where Drake has to like roll under a car and like you're watching it and like, oh, give me back the control of the character. God damn it. Um, and that's something that's a big pet peeve of mine. And that like really does not happen in these games. Like there's little tiny, you know, very brief cutscenes, but there's long 
uninterrupted moments of gameplay. Like even when you're talking to NPCs a lot of the time, like you can, you know, you, you could talk to someone halfway through the conversation, like, you know what? I want to kill this fire keeper. Um, it's not going to help you, but you can do it if you want. <laughs> My point is like, you're always, they don't take away control. And, and I get that. Like what you're talking about with the, with the division, Thomas, like I, I was playing FF 14, like after a week of not playing it and uh, after playing Dark Souls, cause I, I was rushing to re- uh, meet the uh, review embargo up. And uh, I was trying to like dot like roll out of an AOE cone. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, sorry. Go ahead. I was. How do both of you guys feel about having to go through such a rich RPG? I guess in such a short amount of time for review. Because I, I, I know Thomas. It was difficult in your end just because it's so much content to do, and we um, and we got our code late as well. I wouldn't say like compared to other RPGs, it's. It's not, it's like, there's not like a lot of grind. It's fun, more fun, but there's that thought in the back of your head, like, what if I can't, what if, what's going to happen if I can't beat this area? What if I don't figure this out? Mm. Because, like, if I were playing, like, some other RPG with just, like, you know, you just, you just grind to 10 levels higher, get, be a, beat a boss easily, and then just, it would be more boring, but at the same time, you don't have that fear in the back of your head that you can't complete the game. We got, at RPG site, we got our code about a week and a half early, and I was busy with work and some other stuff, so I didn't get to start it until about, um a week before and uh so i was just blasting through it on any of my free time it took me about 45 hours to beat it um and do it i'm like okay i've seen enough of the additional content and i've beat it i gotta get my review up and that was that was pretty intense just because i like that thing you mentioned about getting stuck on a boss like um uh, one boss that i actually thought was pretty tough was the ludex grundir the hard version um that, oh, yeah, boss, yeah. that boss was really tough, I thought, because like it felt like it had like it's basically it's that boss that you like at the beginning, CJ, mm-hmm. but he's way 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 tougher. Nice. And he doesn't explode into a big black snake blob thing, but he has so much like stamina, like he just resets his attacks constantly, and he really punishes Dex builds. Um, even though I found the way to beat him was to just two hand my weapon and not even bother trying to tank the damage because he'll just wreck your stamina. Um, but yeah, that there there's a certain intensity because I was like the boss had killed me like like I think like eight times at that point and I'm like oh for fuck's sakes um like I like I have to get my review up in two days um it was really exciting though because I've never done that in my like three or so years of reviewing stuff like here's a huge game um uh that and I'm actually gonna make the embargo it was like twelve o'clock on Monday like twelve a.m. Monday I actually made it into one of the accolades trailers yeah I saw that, that was um, awesome yeah that was really cool. Um, I wanted to add on to an earlier point um, about the game not wasting your time. Uh, I prefer what they did with this one compared to like um, two and parts of one where um, getting to each boss was really easy and was like a 15 second trek. Um, like every like some boss were in right in front of like, some bonfire, so you can just get right back in. In two, there was a problem with um, um, that optional dragon boss at the end that you had to run through this whole gauntlet of enemies to get to get to him, and also like um to find the um the chariot in two, they could have added a shortcut easily just above you, but you have to run through this whole field and over this bridge to get to him every time. Yeah, the the ancient dragon that was such a that was such an awful encounter, and especially because like you mentioned all those enemies before. It. Yeah, because you're just going up that huge staircase, and there's multiple. Dark Souls is meant to be a game where you combat's best one on one. When you have like five guys there, it's really annoying. That's actually something I kind of want to bring up because um, 
Dark Souls 2 is kind of like initially it get, a lot of people really loved it like right when it came out and then like slowly over time people started to see what they didn't like about it and then they kind of came back with the Scholar of the First Sin and like I actually played a bit of uh, Scholar in preparation for this podcast because I'm like I wonder if I, I would like Dark Souls 2 more and it kind of like reminded me of uh, like what you said like the best parts the Souls mechanics work best for one-on-one engagements and if there's multiple enemies like Orenstein and Smo. Like, they have to be specially designed for that. Dark Souls 2 had a really bad habit of, like, you're just a whole bunch of shit. Um, oh, you're going to fight a giant spider? Here's, like, a million little tiny spiders you also have to fight. Um, and it wasn't very interesting game design. Like, I don't even remember most of the bosses in that game. Um, I remember the... The game, the game had, I think, almost 30 bosses. And I can't... I can remember some of them, but only because they were so annoying or they just stood out as just being boring. Yeah, exactly. I remember the, I think it was called, the, I'm not even joking, I think it was called the Penetrator. <laughs> I think, like, the big silver knight. I think that's what it was called. Um, it's not subtle. called, it, it's not called the pen. it's like the pen is, the, something with a P. Um, and then I remember Nishandra, the last boss, which was a really disappointing last boss, and, um, but one thing I, like this game reminded me of and Bloodborne is like one of the things I love about this game is like the short these games is like the shortcuts and the interconnected level design and like two did not have that really like the DLC areas did but um, not the base game there were just lots of like here is a linear path and like there you can teleport at any time and they brought that back um, like from Bonfire to Bonfire and they brought that that back in three but um, I don't think the level design suffered for it. Yeah, if I played when I played the first one, uh, the I guess the first big moment where you realize, oh, shortcut is the elevator, and um, I have no idea oh, where, yes. whatever Fire the first section. Shrine. Yeah, and then you just go, oh, you got, I got the back walls like two hours ago, and I'm back here, and it just takes what ten seconds to get to through two hours yeah. of progress, and yeah, this one, because I can't really relate it to too much from the first one, but this one I I do like that I, when I find these shortcuts, it's just it's so relieving, and they're actually pretty generous on um bonfires as well. Yeah, it's not like I don't feel like I lose a lot of progress. It feels like it's, it's within reach again. It's none of it feels unfair. <laughs> I think Mad Max I lost maybe like um, thirty thousand souls in this game, but maybe because I'm playing more conservatively. Like I always ran back if I needed to heal, but um, uh, like in the past, I, I remember losing I think like a hundred thousand souls in Dark oh. Souls One because I decided to keep proceeding after a boss instead of teleporting back right away, or I mean uh, he had leveling up right away. Oh my god. <laughs> The worst I ever lost was I lost 600,000 Blood Echoes in Bloodborne. Ouch. Yeah, it's, I, li- I like that mechanic, though, because it just like makes the game more intense. Yeah, it definitely does. I've gotten to, I remember I was, <laughs> last week I was like, oh no, 6,000 souls! And then a few days ago I was like, fuck 20! It just, it just keeps going up and 6,000 is nothing now. Did you, Thomas, did you do much PvP and... Um, and what did you think of it? Um, I had to do the PvP after I did the review because um, I was still on that review server that when the game was before launch. Mm-hmm. So like I, I saw um, I saw soapstone messages, but I never saw any. I, I never ran any special encounters until after the fact. Um, but um, it's I think it's interesting, but it might annoy me later on. Where I, I probably won't go back for a while because I just get burnt out. But um, I notice you always whenever you're in, you're invading, you usually run more than one people person now. And since you can, you know, summon in two allies, it it's different. Um, but in that same regard, invaders they have the advantage of having um, like uh, 
they can use the environment or they can use to have the monsters aggro and help out and stuff like that. I like the uh, way of the blue covenant, just so you get back up whenever you need it, or be the backup. It's it's a fun little system. Then there's the other one, um, the Wolf of Farron, where you could just yeah, yeah. invade people for no reason in that area. The interesting thing about that area is they have the um, there's a mini boss there. Um, what the fuck is it called? Oh, the it's witch. Basi- no, no, no. It's basically when you go up on the bridge up from the Wolf of Farron, there's a there it's the it's the asylum demon from the first game, but he's all like charred and I'm actually I should probably say she is all charred and fucked up and I'm like, wow, that's a cool little Easter egg. I found uh, that boss really easy to cheese by just going back to ordinary gigs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's re- it's really easy, but I was like, oh, that's the asylum demon. Which was it look like? It's like a big demon with a club, and it's all made of stone now. Yeah, um, it's literally the the first boss you fight in the first game. Yeah, the first boss oh, okay. fight. Yeah, the big which oh, most right. people ag- most people agree is one the Witch of Isolith's daughters because there's like four of those bosses and that that that's like the number of the Witch of Isolith's daughters that aren't in the game except for the one that's still human and the one that's like a hollow. Um, but that's just oh like, oh did you in, did you encounter um what's her face with this one this the the spider lady that you got into in the first oh, game? Oh yes yes um. Oh, I love her. What's her name? Um, Quilana is her sister. She's a boss in Dark Souls 1. Oh, what's her name? Oh. No, no, no. It's Quilana. Quilag is the boss. Yeah, yeah Quilag's I, I... the boss. Quilana is the... Yeah, but you, you you just run into her body in the underground shrine, and suddenly like, the location makes sense. Yeah, because like, cause, like, you don't realize it at first, but like when you get to that secret area, it's clearly it's supposed to be like the, the ruins of Isolith. And uh, yeah, basically CJ, and mm-hmm. for anyone listening... Uh, Quilana, um, there, there were these two sisters in the first game, uh, Quilana and Quilag, and they were, like, these half-woman, half-spider, uh, sisters, and, like, Quilana is, like, dying, and it's really, really sad. There are these games were good at, like, making sad things out of things like the half-spider lady. <laughs> but, um, Sympathy. And, and, uh, she, she, uh, you get, like, this special ring and you can talk to her, because initially you can't talk to her, and, uh, she thinks that you're her sister, Oh. And she's like, oh, because she's like blind, deaf. I think. Well, she's blind, anyways. And like, uh, and you and you can like pretend to be your sister, and even though you just fucking killed her, <laughs> it's. And then you see her in this game. You just see her corpse, and like, and it's so sad. <laughs> so mean. I remember in the first game, like you can accidentally hit people and ruin the entire game for yourself by hitting like an important character. You you can request absolution from a certain NPC and then that stuff will go away. Oh, okay. Because I remember hitting the one guy in her chamber and he was just like, why? And then he just started crawling <laughs> after me, whatever. Like, I forgot what you, you, you get oh, one free. You get one free hit and then they'll say, hey, stop it. And then you hit him again and they'll freak out. Was it this one that did that system where you get the one free hit or is it that one as well? Um, all, I think all of them did it. Oh, like, yeah, um, yeah. Like in the first one, like I actually hit, hit that one priest lady and she freaked out for a second. Then I had a... Uh, you know, I made sure to not make that mistake again. <laughs> Actually, in the first game, um, I made a really big mistake because um, when you first see um, is uh, Framp the good snake guy? Yes, Framp. Okay. The good one. Um, when I first came up to him, I rolled into his pit and then accidentally linked, actually saw the bonfire, and then he got mad and aggroed, and he never wanted to talk to me again. So I lost <laughs> my ability to sell items. Oh my god. Oh, that's that's, that's good. That's unforgiving. Super unforgiving. I think I think I'm actually just going to restart the first game. I'm not going to continue with my character. I think I screwed it all up. 
you're, you'll probably go through a lot faster. Um, yeah. Every subsequent playthrough gets faster for people. And then you can just oh. know, know which items to avoid. That's something that's really nice about this game is like there, there's no, there are like tutorial, there are tutorials in these games. Um, like the very first area is like, hey, this is how you do this. Um, but like the games are very good at like making you better. Um, cause like when you go back for a new game plus, even though it's, the enemies have more health and they're more aggressive, you're like, I like, I'm like way better at this. And like, like a boss you may have struggled with before is like easy now. Um, like I mentioned, I think the Mamos King will probably always be hard for me, but like Pond, but uh, Sullivan, like like I fought him a few times now, and it's like, yeah, this boss is not that bad now. Yeah, I look forward to but, it. But I have a question for both of you. Um, I know you're not done, CJ, but right. um, like, did you have just just a simple question? Did you have, um, or did either of you have like a particular moment in this game that that really resonated that you really enjoyed? Just anything. I mean, after I, I, it took me a while to, to beat the first boss in this game. I, I, I really felt like I just had wasted uh, Namco Bandai's time getting a code for it so I could do this podcast. And then after I beat it, I just felt really great. And then I think, I guess not one particular one, but every time I got to a new area, I felt like I finally did it. I'm not shit at Dark Souls or not super shit at Dark Souls. So maybe when I got to the... um. The second area, uh, Lorthic's castle or the wall, I felt like I actually got to a point where I felt comfortable playing this game and I enjoyed it and I started really appreciating everything about it. What are you, Thomas? Um, it was kind of, I guess it just ties back into my review. Um, it's kind of just that same reinforcement cycle of going through being a boss feeling that sense of accomplishment afterwards. Like with the name is King, it took me like an hour and a half, but by the time I just mastered that fight. I was doing the first phase without getting hit at all, and I was just learning how to watch out for tails for a second one. So it's just that sense of there's this problem, problem that I'm butting my head against that seems impossible at first. But if I just calm down, and just pay attention, and really think about things, I can get through it. Yeah. Were you playing the PC version? Yeah. Oh, and also, like, um, I did a stream for Blind Horror recently where um, I beat the first. I only died once, and it was against that first. Um, uh, the guy with the the katana at the start of Firelink Shrine, that's optional. <laughs> and otherwise, I'd be the first three bosses without die- dying on nice. the stream. <laughs> yeah, Sephiroth, that motherfucker's hiding out there. But, <laughs> yeah, the the one thing that I'll, I, is kind of unforgivable for me, this is a problem they've had since Demon Souls, which is some reason pisses me off. Uh, From Software is just not good at, like, optimization. Cause like like my my I have a GTX nine seventy I can like run Witcher three maxed out sixty FPS and then like and like this game like it looks really good but like the that one swamp area just killed my frame rate um I don't remember what it's called suddenly but it just just destroyed my frame rate. Are you talking about from first game? Uh no 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 from this game uh when you're in like the black tar area oh, yeah, yeah yeah was that Baron's just... Keep or was that something else? That's where is nearby, but it's it's. I don't remember what where the, like, the werewolf shaman is and the slugs, right? There's slugs and yeah. like, it's just like yeah. black tar everywhere. Oh, it's Baron. I think it's Baron something, right? Yeah, Baron something. Um, but yeah, that that that's something they really need to get better at because, like, um, especially like like a Bloodborne in particular, like sometimes during co-op, it's like this is like a slideshow. Yeah, well, uh, one thing I would compliment towards too is um, I didn't have really any technical problem playing too in this one. Just whenever Same. I boot up a new area, it was just it chugged for a while. Oh, 
Mine was just the two air. There was, um, there was Farron Swamp. We'll just call it Farron Swamp. And then there was the the Lothric Castle with all the dragons at the end. That hurt my friend right a bit. They released a performance patch recently and made it a little better. Um, but like I said, I have a GTX 970, so you really should not be struggling with this game at all. I, uh, in terms of technical issues, issues too, I guess we can bring this up um, since I only noticed it after the fact. Um, well, uh, I noticed when I was doing the stream, um, whenever you talk to an NPC, the background audio would reset every time you start a new line of dialogue. I don't know if they've ever fixed that. But like you would just be hearing like the wi- a guy would say something, you'd be hearing the wind behind him, and then the same audio clip would replay every time I had a new line of dialogue. I didn't know this one. Yeah, and you could probably see that um, if you check out um, the Rolling Horse stream um, later on. I noticed it, and then I pointed it out to people. But um, also, um, uh, Patrick Klepek on Kotaku, he wrote an article recently where um, apparently the poise stat doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. So as that. it is right now. Yeah, it's very strange, but I guess that's why I was noticing. Um, because I, if usually first time through, I remember more tanky builds, and then I just... Um, get through the armor by notice without using my shield. I was taking permits the same amount of damage and um, I was getting stunned the same way regardless. It seems like a either a weird quick fix they tried to do toward the end or a big oversight that they just forgot to turn it on. That's definitely going to neglect people who want to make those kind of builds. Still, mm. you still get an armor, you still get a defense boost, but like if you wanted to like swing your weapon and not get knocked over, it's kind of difficult. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention is that I know they fixed this with Scholar, but I'm really glad that this game doesn't have that weird um, soul level. No, the animation timing thing tied to the frame rate. Oh, fuck. Well, there's also yeah. a durability problem, too, where your weapons yeah, just yeah. run out of durability based on your frame rate. Yeah, yeah that, that was they, yeah, they, they fixed that, but it took like a year. And oh, that was ludicrous. Yeah, if, for people that don't know, there was this thing where they, when they made the PC version of Dark Souls 2. They like for some reason weapon durability was tied to frame rate. So like when you had a sixty FPS, your weapons would like break way faster. Yeah, it's nice. It was nice to jump into this one at sixty and not have to worry about any of that. The first one, I kind of stupidly against uh, advice, I was I forced it to go sixty with the uh, DS fix, and I was like, oh, well, no wonder I'm feeling horrible at playing this. It just didn't. I, I, pre- you know. I prefer playing it like that, even though it doesn't. It's not perfect. I prefer playing it that way. Uh well. I guess, yeah, because you, you're, you're better at a time. Maybe the small issues it brought up didn't affect you too much. My, my advice for you when you play the first one is don't build a build like a light armor yeah. or a medium armor. Don't make a heavy, tanky armor. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I'm going to do, because I eventually just resorted to wearing really light clothes anyway, just so I could feel faster. So I'll just probably start off with a character based on that instead. Havels is like the ultimate noob tube set. Like it's just like I just want to tank all the damage. <laughs> oh, um, uh, while we're on the subject of soul like games, um, CJ, uh, so you were, were you going to try out the Neo demo at some point? Yes, I definitely. Okay, will. I do recommend doing it soon because um, the demo is time limited. Oh, actually, it was I'll probably write an article about it on Sunday, but um, if no one else was going to pick it up, but um, there's an option that they don't tell you about in the game. But you go to options. There's movie mode and action mode. I was playing in default by movie mode and was playing at like 15 to 20 frames per second. If you change it to action mode, it stays at 30, which is what? a really good, yeah. Wait, wait, so they actually have like, this is cinematic now because we lowered the frame rate to yeah, so it looks so it looks a little bit better. Uh, oh. Because it, it, they just, it's like the Vision has options too that increase and decrease your frame rate on the console versions. Oh, I thought but that... it, yeah, but it's not oblique. It's not um, not oblique. That's not the wrong word. It's not um, transparent in Neo when you try to look for it. 
Oh, that's weird, because I remember hearing about the setting, but I thought it was like 30 to 60, not sub-30 to 30. Oh, no, it's uh, Neo, for, for me, I'm just one of those people that like 68 frames per second. It just, and um, at, at, at a base minimum of 30, it just, it's an almost unplayable for me at the cinematic setting. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it would be. That sounds really uncomfortable. Ugh. It doesn't it doesn't even look like really impressive either. That's unfortunate. Well, Koei's never been good on the technical end of things, so that's true. So is it is it fun? Is it good? Um, yeah. Um, if we want to go into like a small thing on yeah, that, sure, sure, I like I like it. I like it a lot, and I like just the kind of things they're doing to make themselves different from just looking like something inspired by Souls. But um, what I notice is, and so you don't have phantoms that invade you. Instead, whenever a person dies, they leave a blood stain. They can challenge to a fight, and you can get their equipment off it. But if you notice in Souls games, like in Souls, like in um, less in Bloodborne because they have the random dungeons, but um, whenever you pick up an item, that's the only version of that item that exists in the world. So you, that's what it encourages you to explore and find out all these different things and find all these paths and try out all these different weapons. In Neo, um, everything has a stat. Items, you get duplicates of items constantly and they all have different stats. So what I ended up doing is I ended up finding these fan, strong little fandoms over and over and just getting like top tier equipment for the area and I didn't really feel the need to explore. Oh. I'll start down it's, it's it's different. Um but I, I like I like what they're doing with it, but um it's the that Tecmo Koei is like Dynasty Warriors grind from their most recent games is definitely there. So it'll scratch the soul's itch. Any other itches will scratch? Like uh I I know this is very far removed, but I've been dying for something like Revengeance for so long and it's been <laughs> It's been a while. Well, actually, um, well, go you should look at uh, you should look at um, that new near game because that looks exactly like Revengeance to me. Yeah, I, sh- I guess I gotta get the first one though, right? Um, they're kind of a, they're, it's kind of like a Final Fantasy situation where they're unrelated, but characters and motifs appear. So you don't yeah, have yeah. to. But I think that was the only game I could say that I was good at because I was good at the parry system. I was I beat it on the hardest difficulty. I felt pretty good about myself when I played that game, but. None, nothing else I'm, am I good at. The thing, the, thing, the thing about Dark Souls is um, when Demon Souls came out, it kind of uh, had a... It was all based... Its success was basically all word of mouth. Um, uh, Sony admitted... Uh, Shuhei Yoshida specifically admitted that they one of their biggest fuck-ups they ever had that generation was letting that series go multi-platform. Um, because apparently the story goes that he played an early build of Demon Souls and he said... Well, this game is like terrible. Um, and then the Sony did not localize the game in North America. Atlas took up the reins for that, and then it got this great word of mouth. And then uh, Namco Bandai, who published the game in Australia and the UK, was like, "Hey, if you want to keep making these games, we'll publish them for you." And then so they signed a three-contract deal: Dark Souls one, two, and three, um, for you know from that from there on, and. Um, I forget what my point was going to be. Oh, well, then Sony got it. No, well, yeah, Sony was like, "Okay, we want you. We want to try and correct this." So this game, this series is very like I consider them all a series, um, even if they're not all the same. They're, they're technically not, but uh, basically, like like Dark Souls, like it gets this reputation for being like the hardest game ever. It's really not, not even close. Um, and it kind of bothers me because like there's so many people like afraid to try it or. They, or they play it for the wrong reasons. Like the, 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 like I don't, I really don't think you should play Dark Souls as a badge of honor. Because yeah. whenever people do that, it actually, I'm like, you know what? If you want to do something hard, like 
Like go take up like 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 swimming. Go go do anything. Like don't don't play this game. Um, there's so many games you could play that are way harder. Play Musha on the Sega Genesis. Play play like Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox. Play like there's so many games way harder if you just want to gloat about how tough how good it is or how hard it is. Uh, I, I think uh, these games are special because there's an experience greater than themselves. Like, like one of my favorite souls bosses is the maiden Astraya from demon souls. And it's not hard at all. It's just, it's a brilliant moment. Like I wrote about this when I was at rely, mm-hmm. um, where you have to kill this woman. Uh, you basically, this woman is doing this, this area, the, the Valley of defilement, a favor. She's trying to like cure it of how evil it is. And you have to kill her to get her arch demon soul to stop the old one. Like you have, it's not like one of those, like, you know, like morality system things in a game. Like you can do the good thing or the bad thing. Like this is like, you have to do something evil to serve the greater good. It made me feel so shitty. It's not hard at all. It's really easy. Um, it's just, you just walk into an NPC and she kills herself, but it's like the music and everything. It's just like an incredible moment. It's one of my favorite moments in any video game ever. And same with dark souls one. Uh, uh, Killing Seif? Like, it's so sad. It's just like a puppy dog that, like, is, like, <laughs> protecting its former master. And you gotta fucking kill it. And it's, like, at the end of the fight, it's, like, hopping. Like, you know when dogs hurt their paws, they start hopping. And it's, it's so sad. And, it, like, it's not hard, though. That's why I'm, like, you know what? Like, don't, like, marketing just, like, wants something snappy. So, like, oh, yeah, this game's really hard. And that's why you should play it. Like, oh, don't yeah. play it because of that. That's something I would say to people that if you're, for some reason, listening to this and you haven't played a Dark Souls game, like... There's so much more to these than how hard they are, because that's not that's not why you should play them. Like, like play Revengeance if you want to play a really, really hard game. Because um, so that game's probably harder than Dark Souls, I think. Yeah, I don't know how I got into it. But, um, yeah, I mean, those, it definitely is something more than just difficulty. It was, I'm learning that now, and it's, it's fucking great. Like, I feel happy now that I'm in the Dark Souls fandom. Good. Got a lot of cool stuff to like. And yeah, I think if unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about, your experiences and with the game uh, or the series a, or whatever. I have a I have a question for Thomas. I just want to hear his yeah, thoughts. Um, do you think because like they seem very adamant that this will be the last Dark Souls game or the last of this type for sure for a long time? Um, I think they base Dark. I think Bloodborne Two basically already leaked, but um, like if this is the end. Um, even with the DLC, do you think it's it's a fitting end? I'm I'm just fine with it. It's just I I feel like um if they they can't make a Dark Four for like another like three years or something because I feel like they'll just be they're too much fatigue at this point. Like Caller Caller franchises have killed themselves by having too many. If they I I don't doubt that they'll return to the gameplay formula, but I definitely want to see a different setting. Sci-fi maybe. There's that game that's coming out from Lords of Fallen developers. I think it's called The Surge or something. That's supposed to be um, you have power armor and it's similar mechanics. I would I would love it if um, I just want to see this team they're so immensely creative. Like one of the best developers in the world, as far as I'm concerned, just like make something entirely different, entirely new. Um, like like Miyazaki said, a mecha game. Like that sounds great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, there's, I think there, it's, there's a whole. Uh, Armor Court series. If you want to see what they did before Dark Souls, I've never played those. Are those, have you, are those any good? As a mecha fan, they're not my favorite, but they uh, have some kind of cool. Thing. You just you get to make your own robot out of just a lot of parts. But my only problem with it is um, they got kind of 
the gameplay does doesn't feel that good uh, in more recent titles. Now, yeah, I, I think I think it's a good end, and um, like I said, it's not my favorite or anything, and I do think it has problems, but um, I'm satisfied with it, and uh, yeah, it's a it was a very good time. All right, so I think that's the end of our Dark Souls spoiler cast and Dark Souls Three spoiler cast, whatever you want to call it. We talked about the whole series. This is great. I learned a lot. Thank you guys for teaching me these things and telling me about the lore that I overlooked and what I should do for the first game. Um, really interested in doing all that now. Uh, can't wait. Uh, so, you guys listening, if you want to see more from us, you can go to relyonhorror.com and you could follow me on Twitter. Where can they find you, Kyle? Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at, at @levito on Twitter. That's at L-E-V-I-T-0. I also write for RPG Site. That's RPGSite.net. And that's really it. Um, Twitter is Trongasm. That's T-R-U-O-N-G-A-S-M. That's my Twitter. That's also um, my Bandcamp, Tumblr, YouTube, pretty much everything for me. There you go. Um, also, I didn't mention what my Twitter is. just my name with the underscore at the end. Simple. Um, and yeah, just go check out all of our stuff from each of us. Um, Facebook, Steam Group, YouTube. Go do all those things. Find out where you can follow us. Like our content. Support us with your happy words. And thank you again for listening. Goodbye.